so interesting about Montessori. You just have to do things very much the opposite than what you want to. You know, the young child, you actually want to hold him, maybe feed him, maybe take care of him. That's just the opposite what he needs. Help me to do it myself. I need to do it myself. And the older children, you actually want to entertain him with all your in, your knowledge. Right? Give him all the answers and show him all the wonderful things in the world. Whereas you actually have to help him to find those wonderful things in the world. Interesting, eh? Welcome to Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I'm your host and chief goddess of the Past Foundation, Annalise Corbin. We know the current model for education is obsolete. It was designed to create fleets of assembly line workers, not the thinkers and problem solvers needed today. We've seen the innovations that are possible within education, and it's our goal to leave the box behind and reimagine what education can look like in your own backyard. Welcome to today's episode of Learning Unboxed. As always, I'm excited to talk with another great innovator in the transformative education space. And today we are going to be talking once again about Montessori School as a positive disruptor and how we think about the concept of what is school and why does it matter. Joining us today is uh, Tessa Wessels, who is the founder at Casa Bilingual Montessori. So Tessa, welcome to Learning Unboxed. Well, thank you very much, Annalise. Nice to meet you and nice to talk to you. Um, it's nice to talk to you as well. Um, you know, let's set a little bit of context for our listeners as we get started, uh, because we have talked about Montessori in a couple of different iterations on this program um, before, but Casa Bilingual Montessori uh, School is a learning and living environment, which you call Casa because it is what you want to give to children, a second home. And I think that is so incredibly powerful um, and the concept that you believe that um, you're giving education to children for life. And that's something that is very near and dear to me. The tagline of the past foundation is linking learning to life. So I feel like that we could in many ways um, have so much to talk about. So um, Tessa, your backstory is actually really interesting in terms of the way you sort of got to the point where you founded a school. So why don't we start with that? Yeah, maybe I should right away start with uh, where I come from. And um, always, of course, what's your drive? What's your inner drive? Why is it that you would do things like this? But it definitely has to do with my own background, you know, being raised in South Africa uh, in the midst of apartheid. And um, uh, at one point, uh, I uh, got the opportunity to um, uh, to be an uh, exchange student in Germany. And when I was 18 years old, and that changed my, my life completely, you know, my whole uh, perspective. Uh, and I I was actually shocked how it's possible to, ha- to have a certain being raised in a certain environment that it really forms you in, 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 a, in, a, in, a, in a way um, that's so deep, uh, you will take it with you forever. Um, and uh, also being so incredibly disappointed in the way I, you know, uh, uh, you know, the people that I trust and the people that I really love, still love. And I know that what they've been doing, they did it with the best uh, intentions and the best. Uh, 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 but but still, I was I, I came to the conclusion that I 
uh, was brought up with a certain lie, and um, I wasn't brought up in a in a in an environment where I could critically, um, uh, you know, I, I could be a critical thinker and I could be a, a independent thinker and an uh, individual. Although, you know, I would probably never have come to this point where I really do something if if things in my background weren't, weren't right either. So this is, the, it's actually funny, you know, being very uh, critical about your own background, but then again, uh, you are in a certain position to change things. But in any case, it causes me to think that I, I really, um, I want to, Make a difference and, 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 and really believe in, in, in the power of, of children and what children can bring because the, the, the child of today is the man of tomorrow and, uh, and, and believe in the, in the, in the, in the pureness of a child and the capabilities of children. Um, and then at one point I was, I got a book from Maria Montessori. The absorbent mind, and I, I remember how that changed me completely. You know, the way of thinking, the incredible respect that she has for children, and all the potential that she saw in children. And then I got the opportunity to do the training in in the US, and uh, I was uh, able to to work in a in a in a in a fantastic Montessori school in the US. And then my husband got the opportunity, the the the, the uh, you know the the possibility to go to the to go to the Netherlands and we went to the Netherlands again just before we thought okay um, if you go back to South Africa then you're back back home no let's do something else in in the meantime let's go to the Netherlands great another experience um, uh, and then it was uh, then I came to uh, well the Netherlands is a wonderful country where uh, there are lots there are lots of possibilities and um, in the Netherlands, all schools are state-funded, uh, which is fantastic, fantastic. And there are also different kinds of schools. There are the, you know, the Jena Plan and the, and Steiner, Rudolf Steiner schools and Montessori schools. But the Montessori that I experienced in the U.S. was very different from the, uh, from the school, the Montessori schools in, in the Netherlands. And why? It is, uh, because of course you, it's adapting, adapted, adapt, you know, adapting to a national system. So there are the tests. Tests play a big role, and uh, you would you will hear a lot of people say, "No, but we have to do it because we have to do it for the inspection," and that's why it was adapted uh, a lot. So you have a, a, a conservative Montessori school. There's not mu- really much left of Montessori in the core in these schools. Hundreds of Montessori schools in the Netherlands, but. Um, uh, it's been adaptive, you know, too much. There wasn't all the beautiful things that I experienced in the U.S. in the uh, in the Montessori school. I couldn't find that in, in 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 the Netherlands, and I really tried to change things from within inside, you know, the the, the schools, and it wasn't possible. Um, very very difficult, you know, me coming to the as a foreigner to a country and try to to change a national kind of school. Very, very difficult. But at one point, it was possible to start a new school. Current school, a present, you know, school with uh, teachers who's been uh, working there for years are not going to change quickly. Also, you are working with, uh, or, or the parents have chosen for that school, and it's very difficult to change an existing school. With, uh, but if you, uh, there's a, 
there's a whole set of rules under which conditions you may start a new school. And it was possible for us under those uh, uh, conditions to start a school completely from zero. So that was great because then people chose, they knew what they were going to choose for. And that made a huge difference. So it was in 2011 that we started with 11 children or 18, I think it was. And we grow, we've grown out to a school of 450, but we have the same amount of children on our waiting list. So it's a, it's a very popular school. Um, uh, but why is it, uh, so, you know, we do things in many ways different. It's an all day, all year school. So we have this daycare and school integrated, completely integrated. So our teachers in the morning, they also work in the afternoon and we are open 50 years a week and children can take vacation throughout the year. And also staff can take through a vacation throughout the year. We bilingual. So we work in, in, in classrooms of 45 children and they, they are, there's a team of people working in these groups. And uh, uh, throughout the day, there are also parallel activities. So Montessori is all about prepared environments. Beautiful. Of course, what, what, let's, let's just stand, you know, uh, what is so special about Montessori is um, it um, follows the, the developmental needs of the children. So it's not about following the child. So we don't have all these hundreds of spoiled children. No, it's about following the developmental needs. So the prepared environment is really adapt to that, to that. And the guidance, the way we guide the children to, um, to uh, utilize this environment all has to do with knowledge. So you have to know, uh, you'd have to know in you what, what the needs are, but also really have uh, to know what the curriculum is and all, you know, the, 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 the fantastic uh, material that Montessori has. And, uh, and and also know how you can link the child to the environment, how you can guide the child in the environment. But throughout the day, uh, you know, we love to talk about the living environment, the learning and living environment, uh, because the children are free to move within limits. I mean, understanding uh, and understanding what limits are, are is absolutely essential in the Montessori environment. It's not just freedom. There are limits. So we have a norm. Under these conditions, it's possible for a child to choose to go outside and do garden work, work with the animals or go to the music or go to the gym uh, because there are ribbons available. And if the ribbons are available, you can go there. Um, uh and the older children, the, from six to twelve, where the whole system changes because it's guiding the children to think for themselves. Um, you have a system where children know when are they going to get lessons or instructions, and uh, they also enroll for a parallel activity. You know, or go to the making area because we have an outside environment where they where they saw, where they uh, make things out of wood, where they do experiments, where they work in the, in, the, in the garden, in the vegetable garden. So there's a lot of physical movement. Um, uh, the children are, you know, they, I, I mean, what is, it, what is it that we're really proud of is that they are uh, self-steering. You know, they, 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 they know they can choose because the environment is... Uh, predictable. They know what's expected from them and they also uh, uh, have the ability to to go in their own time. But then, you know, so a lot of freedom is given to the children 
uh, and then you'll have that backup because all children have a personal uh, personal uh, mentor and they have all these personal meetings and individual meeting where they um, reflect reflect on their goals reflect on their activity reflect on on their on on how how am i doing you know um I, I I wanted to do that, but is it really happening? And why is it not happening? And what kind of, you know, so the personal development is so much more uh, uh, important than uh, the actual knowledge. Of course, they have to know a lot of things, but it's by getting to know all these things, those, I mean, what happens to this child while he's learn, learning? And how does he, how, how does he get to know himself? You know, what tools can I use? Maybe I really like to do the hard work first thing in the morning. Or maybe I need to work with my friends. Or maybe I need to ask that and that hope, help. You know, um, yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a whole, it's a whole, uh, yeah, there are many hours. We are, we are with the children many, many hours. And it's, yeah, community. It is. And one of the things that I really love about Montessori, and I and I appreciate so much when I find examples where it's being, um, I love that you call it adapted, right? So um, it's being modified, it's being adapted, it's still keeping the essence of what Montessori is meant to do um, for um, for children. And um, I guess that, you know, when I really sort of peel back the layers for myself in terms of what is it about Montessori that really appeals to me, it's the recognition that children are infinitely capable of so many things. If we allow them the freedom and the opportunity to explore and learn in a variety of different ways. And so I, I love the student agency focus, if you will, many, many labels that people put on this around the world. But at, at essence, that notion that we are scaffolding children to learn how to choose um, and to choose really appropriately and make decisions and to explore. I love that about Montessori. And I also really love the adaptations of Montessori because in many parts of the world, as you well know, Montessori is really around preschool, very, very young learners. And I love when it's been being adapted to um, older learners as well, because I think that um, the 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 middle school, if you will, and high school, depending on where you are in the world, that sort of secondary sort of space is where the greatest opportunity for Montessori to find adaptation, to truly, truly change the sort of rote way that we've gotten stuck with an educational system. So it's intriguing to me some of the adaptations that you've made at your school. Yes, and as as I say, it's all about their needs, their de- developmental needs. So Montessori, if you do the training, like you know, from we have, there are different schools, but I'm a big fan of the uh, Association Montessori International, the AMI training. So it's an incredibly detailed, almost rigid training. You there's so much that you get, and it's, uh, it's like it's a straight line that you know with a lot of information. But if you are not able to apply it to the needs of the child in in other words if you're not able to to adapt to the needs of the child it goes wrong you know but you need that straight line because you need to jump back to the core again and again and again as a guide as a guide but each child needs the, a different approach 
it needs a different uh, moment and a different, you know, so that's, uh, and to be able to work with children in such a way, you really need to know a lot um, because they all need it in different ways. No two children are the same. Um, you know, I've been having intake meetings with parents and children. I mean, hundreds of children now in the meantime, I always have kind of end up with the same little material in the same little corner in my office and no children use the, that material and that environment in the same way. That's incredible. It just blocks. Some children build it horizontally. Some children build it vertically. Some children give it to the adults. Some children do not go off the lap of the mother. The other one doesn't even come in the vicinity of the adults. You name it, they are all doing things differently. So it's that's and that's of course the. But okay, let's just I just quickly want to come back to the older children. You know, the, uh, uh, we have these mottos, uh, and it has to be, it depends on the on the needs of the children. You know, the younger children, it's help them help me to help uh, to do it myself. Why? Because their motor skills are being developed, and their senses are being de- are being developed, and the older children, if you. Uh, is to help me to think for myself. So your approach is much more help uh, uh, um, supporting the child to ask questions, to have this question in mind, and you, and whenever he asks questions, to help him to think further, not giving him the answers. So that's so that's so interesting about Montessori. You just have to do things very much the opposite than what you want to. You know, the young child, you actually want to hold him, maybe feed him, maybe take care of him. That's just the opposite of what he needs. Help me to do it myself. I need to do it myself. And the older children, you actually want to entertain him with all your in, your knowledge. Right? Give him all the answers and show him all the wonderful things in the world. Whereas you actually have to help him to find those wonderful things in the world. Interesting, eh? It is very yeah. interesting. You know, one of the things that I always say um, at past and as folks come into the um, innovation lab, um, the facility that we actually have, is that every child that walks through the doors is capable of solving the world's greatest problems. And I think that that foundational belief that every every single child has this infinite potential. We don't even know what it is, you know, and I feel like, you know, our, our work in this world is to help these kids figure out who they are, what they are, what they want to do, what their passions and their dreams and their, their contributions to the world are going to be. And by giving them the opportunity to explore, to explore how to learn, you know, um, I see incredible things from kids as a result yeah. of it. And, and often these are, these are incredible things that many adults assume they're not capable of. And it's just not correct. Yeah, it's sad. It's very sad. You know what? It, I also find it's quite sad when we uh, uh, get young children, you know, like a, almost a four-year-old coming from a different environment where the environment is very much on entertaining the younger children, do things in a group, and 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 and, uh, and then they come to us. The, uh, then the, this child has to adapt. He needs to discover what it is to go to the environment and to to. Uh, whereas he, he was used to, be, you know, being offered to him, things right. be yeah. coming to him. Yeah, and a now sort of he needs can to delivery, right, instead yeah. of the sort of self-learning and reflection sort of opportunity. Yeah. 
And it so, can happen at a young age already, you know, oh, that can it, be taken away from children at a very young age. Yes, yeah. it, it can. And super, super sad. I want to dig in a little bit, Tessa, to ask some questions about how do you ensure that your teachers, your instructors, your guides, your facilitators in this experience with these kids are prepared to do the work that they need to do. Because, you know, as you pointed out, every child is different. Every child's needs are very different. And that can become extremely overwhelming to educators very quickly, especially educators that are more traditionally prepared. So I I guess I have multiple questions here. So one of them is, you know, are you taking existing educators and retraining them to be ready? and prepared for this? Or are you sort of starting from scratch? Are you digging into a pool of folks that are were never traditional educators to begin with? So, so what does that look like? So talk to us a little bit about sort of a portrait, I guess, if you would, of an educator at um, Casa Bilingual Montessori. So we have 90 uh, a staff of 90 members and with uh, people with very, very different backgrounds. First of all, uh, 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 they come from all over the, over the world. Uh, uh, in every class we have, uh, we try to have an AMI trained person because the path that we are walking on is this Montessori path. It's not the destination. It's something that we aspire to have, you know, uh, People come with different trainings, very, very different. We even have people with no Montessori. We have people with a, with a limited Montessori background working with these AMI people. Um, the AMI uh, uh, people, they have one job, and that is to be very clear in, in what they do and also to communicate very clearly about what they do. Not saying we are doing this because uh, the AMI says no, 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 no. Say what we are doing because there's a reason why we do it. So keep on educating your colleagues. And, the, and then there are online training that we also ha- offer to our people uh, to, to taste, uh, you know, what, what, it, what it can be. Um, so the very important thing is that people coming to work, to, uh, to, uh, you know, coming to work at CASA has to have this uh, 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 view on children. As, as to support our our vision, and uh, so that's the first and foremost. And the second one is to be very curious and to want to learn. That's 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 a, that, you know, if you come in and you think, oh, I've worked a lot with children, I know it, then it's going to go wrong. You really have to want to learn and keep on learning. So yes, we have people with a, with with a absolutely great training, but we have people who are still training and want to train as long as they choose for this path. So in the, uh, in our, of course, you have a interview, you'd never know exactly who you are hiring. So we try to tell them a lot about us and what we need and tell them people, you know yourself the best, but uh, you need to make this conscious choice uh, uh, to work with us. Of course, working with us also has to do a lot of personal development. Our guides needs to, uh, be prepared to, to, um, to grow right. personally. Right. And, and to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. That, it's huge. I mean, if you, you're not coming in to do a job, you're coming in to be part of a, of an environment and you bring yourself in this environment. And if you're not prepared to be vulnerable and to, adapt yourself it's going to be hard for you yeah 
Absolutely. And I really love that, that you're not coming to a job, you're coming to an environment that the framing of that is quite lovely. So thank you for that. You know, I also um, am super curious now that you have this school, it's up and running. It sounds like you have an incredible waiting list, which, um, you know, is a testament to the quality of what's going on. But I'm super curious now around how has, if at all, how has, how has CASA then impacted those more traditional schools that you couldn't change, right? So because that's the other thing, right? You know, great, great efforts at some point. There's always this question about scale. There's always this question about bigger, broader impacts. And so how are you thinking about that? Or how is that playing out within the 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 the, the Dutch educational system that you you were a part of? Yeah, that's a that's a very interesting question. You know, I'm I'm a neighbor of a very traditional school. I mean, a neighbor. We are people. When you walk around the building, at one side you will see children sitting in a bus formation, looking at a teacher with a digital board behind her, and then you walk around and you will see casa environment where children work on the ground, on the floor, on the low tables. Either they will move, be moving around, they will be all over the place. They will be cooking in the kitchen. They will work out side in the garden it's uh, it's a matter of 20 meters separate from each other and uh, one of the you know i ask myself this over and over again why isn't it that people ask questions how is it possible that your children are doing this you know what's happening there it seems we are this foreign entity and people and there's this separation um so we have a, a national inspection uh, at, uh, in the Netherlands, uh, I actually have two sets of inspections, one for the daycare and one for school. And um, in the, you can ask for a special uh, inspection. Uh, so they come in for more in-depth inspection and then you get the stamp good. Of course, Montessori don't want stamps and Montessori don't want specific. Uh, but we went for that. So we, I, I specifically applied for this kind of inspection to come in and to really turn us inside out. And so they gave us a good because I wanted to show, even though we do things very differently, uh, we are we are good. We are right. above average. Yeah. I, I hate to say this, yeah. but I had yeah. to. <laughs> and <laughs> no, even, I understand. We, yeah. even, we even went for the, for, the, um, for the stamp excellent to get an ex, be an excellent school and that we will hear in June whether we get, get that. I'm I'm trying to find out exactly what I can do to really get other schools to to you know <laughs> to be interested and to to just notice things can be done differently. I often have uh, uh, my colleagues over. I of course sit around the same table at the you know uh, the town council. We we meet each other. They know me, but are they. They see us as a foreign entity. That's really and, uh, interesting. It's yeah. A, yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's really, and even though we say we have an incredible waiting list, I'm also trying thinking of taking over other school, really growing, make more schools. But then again, I mean, if we cover, if I have a schools of one thousand, two thousand children, it's nothing. There are still millions of children uh, or schools. How will you? How is it possible to make it clear that school can be done in a very different way that's very enjoyable, and 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 children are these, you know, because what is it that that we love about our children is how the way that they walk, 
the way that they talk, the way that they can present it, the, the way that they can reflect on themselves, that they tell what they are, what they love, and that they tell what they know that they have difficulty with. Or a little three-year-old that's walking in the hallway, like 50 meters from his classroom, and I ask him, where are you going? And he says, I'm going to outside work. I have to go there to outside work. <coughs> For me, that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's absolutely wonderful. And I do, I do understand, right, the, the difficulty in, in, in being, being a change mechanism within bigger, broader structured systems is incredibly difficult work to do. And, and yes, there are thousands and millions of more children out there. And yet the impact that you have on the 400 and so students that are in your school right now is equally powerful. And so for that, um, you know, congratulations, because that's really amazing for those kids. And at the end of the day, um, it's those students that will go off um, into the world and, and be the next change agents themselves. I am curious because I know that the folks that are listening will also be curious. When the students age out of your school, where do they go? What happens to them next? Do they, you know, that's an interesting thing because the preparation that you're doing for them, the way they think about and approach their own learning and the experiences with their learning, many kids would struggle to move from that into the next iteration of offering of their educational past, which may be more traditional. So just for folks who might not understand, what are the options for students when they leave your school within the, the system in the Netherlands? So they are, the, the, the high schools are much more uh, uh, conservative than the, 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 uh, the, the primary schools. Um, so, but they are, they are, they are different schools that they choose. And in the Netherlands, it's quite off, uh, common that children choose the high school themselves. So they will go to a couple of schools and they will make the choice where they want to go and not. In the, in, uh, we have an awful system for high school. Let's say. And why do I say that? Uh, in this sense, in this sense, uh, high schools also. But uh, when they're 12 years old, it's already being decided whether they go uh, on the university level or college level or a, uh, uh, I don't know, more uh, uh, artisan level. Uh, become, uh, um, uh, and I, th I, I think it's absolutely terrible 12 years old and they're already in this so um but okay uh they do choose uh, different kinds of schools and uh the talented children will go for the university levels uh, and they would like to go to schools where they can do on top of it like uh, uh music and art, art and 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 uh, so they will just do more work that's funny eh? that's always seen as when children are doing very well at school then oh then you can do this and this and this on top of it but they don't think of it adjusting uh yes so our children do very different things they do very well that's uh, they, they adjust so all of a sudden they need to write tests and they get marks and they have peer, you know time periods and there's a bell ringing and they have books that they work from but they adapt and, and and i always say that's what i'm proud of because we don't prepare children for different planets but their adaptability is very important and they it's sad 
that they uh, that they all of a sudden think I have to get the eight point six because then I have an average of seven point four. So that's th- those are sad moments. But I uh, what I what we know is that they they are still strong individuals who make choices. And that's the thing to be proud of. But yeah, we really want to tackle the high school system as well. Yeah, absolutely. I love, I love that. You know, at the essence of that response, really, is that you, you, you've successfully taught these kids how to learn, and so because of that, they they can make the transitions that they need to within the, the the scope and scale of the options that they have, and they can succeed in that space. So, I, yeah, absolutely, I agree with you. That is something to be incredibly um, proud of. So. It's quite wonderful. So Tessa, I want to um, thank you very much for making time today to sort of share the story of what's happening with CASA uh, and uh, the efforts uh, that have gone into that. Very, very intriguing in terms of the way you're thinking about and approaching um, that work within a system that is a little bit more rigid than the space you occupy yourself. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. Nice talking to you. Thank you for joining us for Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I want to thank my guests and encourage you all to be part of the conversation. Meet me on social media at Annalise Corbin and join me next time as we stand up, step back, and lean in to reimagine education.